Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today we've got Phil Bergeli, Ducks Unlimited shotgunning columnist, joining us. And welcome back to the show, Phil. Hey, thank you. Nice to be here. All right. And I want to, I asked Phil to join me today. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, even on briefly on other episodes, but we wanted to talk to Phil about a goose guns. You know, there are hunters out there who specifically have a, a designated goose gun. Maybe it's a snow goose gun. Maybe it's a Canada goose gun. Uh, but I wanted to get, talk to Phil a little bit about this. And I know he's an avid Canada goose hunter. Uh, Phil, do you have a specific goose gun that you use, and do you recommend people to do that? The difference, in my to my way of thinking, and, and for the kind of hunting I do, the difference between my duck gun and a goose gun is that the goose gun has to work when it's really, really cold, and that's and so. If your duck gun does that, you know, if your duck gun, I was our best hunting, a lot of times is zero, 10 degrees, you know, a little bit below zero. That's when they get really hungry late in the season. That's the time I love to go. So for that, I, I kind of got in the habit of uh, there's. I used to shoot a, I shoot a synthetic stock Beretta for a long time at uh, at ducks because I could beat it up in the marsh. But then that gun didn't like to shoot when it got to be below about ten degrees, and so I started shooting shooting other guns. I uh, I shoot my Benelli quite a bit, which seems to, for whatever reason, I've had better luck keeping inertia guns going in the cold mm-hmm. than I have with uh, with my gas guns, uh, with a few exceptions. And then, uh, you know, if it's really, really cold, I'll shoot an over-under sometimes. Just to remind people, you said you like to hunt when it's like zero. You're typically hunting in Iowa, correct? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to let people know exactly kind of the area that you you uh, predominantly hunt, and that kind of gives them an idea. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really like hunting when it's zero, but the hunting is really good <laughs> when it's zero, so I go. Uh, you know, it's it's hard on older I get, the harder that is on my fingers and my toes and everything else. But but it, boy, it, it does make the geese hungry and it does make them fly and and they need to feed hard. So you know, it's it's good to be out there if you can be. Absolutely. Now, are there any other modifications that you would recommend for people? Um, you know, maybe they are just using their duck gun, but they want to change something. You maybe they want you know go to a larger load. Um, you know, there are certain modifications that you can do to uh, your shotgun to make it more of a effective goose gun. I uh, the only thing I change really is ammunition. Um, I shoot the same. I shoot about a light modified choke for pretty much for everything because uh, I don't like to shoot geese far away anymore. The geese I I want to shoot are the ones that are that are coming into decoys. Uh, so usually for me, it just means switching from twos to BBs or, or sometimes um, I'll shoot some of the, some of the pricier non-toxics because those seem to, you get your money's worth when you're shooting at 12 pound birds in the cold out of a shell like that. So I'll, you know, I'll shoot bismuth or I'll shoot some of my old, I have a, a stash of Kent tungsten matrix. I keep, uh, I have an old, a model 12 heavy duck, which I like to shoot geese with. And, um, I'll save those shells for that gun too sometimes. So that's that's the biggest change for me. I you know one of the things I, I always I will always have a sling on a duck gun. I don't have one on my goose guns just because I'm almost always hunting out of a layout blind, which means I've means I've driven right up to the spot, so there's no place to no reason to haul the gun around anywhere, carry it on my shoulder. So and the other thing that that does too is it, it lets me shoot my wood stocked guns at geese, which I enjoy. 
because I'm not, they don't, at least the way I hunt and the layout blinds, they don't take the beating that a duck gun does in the marsh. So I can, I can shoot guns with wood stocks and which I enjoy doing and I don't feel bad about banging them up too much. So that's kind of the difference for me. Yeah, no. And, and that, that's one thing. That's a good point. You know, removing the sling when you're hunting from a layout blind, I've had issues with that before, but, but you also mentioned you, you like to shoot your over and unders. Um, what are some of the things that you do? I've had problems shooting an over and under in a layout blind. Just the the action and the the process of reloading quickly seems to be a little more difficult than than otherwise. But um, you know, what are some things that you do that that people may be able to use from a layout blind if you're shooting over and under? So I almost a lot of times when it's really cold, I wind up going by myself, so I don't have to worry about pointing the gun at people to the left or right of me uh, as I'm reloading. Um, cause a lot of times I can't get people to go with me when, <laughs> when it's really bad out. If it's bad enough to shoot an over under, it's, it's pretty bad out. Uh, cause I, I like my third shot, you know, but, um, and also for me, sometimes over under it, it's a, the problem isn't so much the gun working as my fingers working. Uh, I have really bad circulation in my hands always have. And, and when they get cold and numb, it's just easier for me to, uh, drop two shells in an over and under than to thumb shells into a magazine. So I like it for that too. And and most of the time hunting giant Canada's speed of reloading is not usually a problem. A lot of times it's it's hoping to get a chance to reload is what you know yeah. in the days I go. And how many birds can you shoot there in Iowa? Uh we can shoot two until November first and then three afterwards. Uh okay. we are, yeah. our our season is set up to protect our Resident birds, because our, our flock, are unlike everybody else, our resident flocks have not taken off um, quite the way we think they should. So, so we try to take it easy on them. And but really, I don't unless I'm shooting geese over water, which is over you know over duck my duck spread, which I, I love doing. Uh, I usually don't hunt geese a lot until after Thanksgiving when it starts to get cold. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, a few years back, you had done an article on snow goose guns where you mm-hmm. really kind of got into the weeds of some of the modifications that people do for a very specific snow goose gun. And right. in that, um, you know, kind of talk about choking down a little bit or actually be choking up, you know, going to a much more restricted choke. Um, and and is that something that you would recommend for people? Or, you know, I know a lot of guys who just go with it. You know, they just go with their mm-hmm. typical whatever they always shoot. Um, but you 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 had interviewed Tony Vandeborn. He said that he kind of goes to a much more restricted choke um, on his 12 gauge. Is that something you'd recommend for people? Well, you have to be able to shoot like Tony Vandemore. Uh, <laughs> That's a good you point. Know, and he's, he's, he's one of the best field shots I've ever seen, as he, he shoots all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so he tends to use that tight choke for a lot of things. Um, it snow goose hunting, and I I apologize because I'm out of date. I I quit. I burned out on snow goose hunting back in the pre-electronic collar days before <laughs> uh, we used to go and hunt the very early days of the, the conservation order in the spring season, and it was a lot of work for not a whole lot of return back then, and. I think snow goose hunting has changed. You know, a lot more people are able to shoot their birds over you know, decoying birds pretty consistently than we used to be. So, yeah, but if you want to, you know, if, if you've got a magazine extension on your gun and you want to keep shooting, 
yeah, you'll want more choke on your gun because snow geese can can get out of range in a hurry. And so yeah, if, if you do want a tighter choke and if you do think you're going to be taking those 60, 70 yard shots, which again, when I started, that was like, if you couldn't shoot the 60 and 70 yard birds, uh, which I couldn't very often back then, you went home empty handed because <clears throat> the decoy, you know, we didn't have the decoys that we have now. We didn't have the electronic collars and it was a kind of a different game, really. Uh, and we used to hunt over hefty bags. And, uh, yeah, and geese don't have to get very close to realize that hefty bags aren't geese. So it was a it was a different kind of hunt back then. Yeah, and you were just about pass shooting those. It sounds like rather than today. Um, you know, I've seen some. I've been on some pretty good hunts where where we can get those snow geese in pretty close, a mm-hmm. heck of a lot closer probably than you can with a hefty bag. So uh, now that yes. that can make a big difference. Like like we had talked. Before we started here, I'd, I'd uh, mentioned that I do, you know, quite a bit of snow goose hunting and mm-hmm. I, I shoot, you know, a Beretta with an extended choke tube. And, uh, and I, I like that 10th or 11th shot on occasion. Wow. Um, and, and more or less just, and I'll agree with, with you on that. It's probably not the most accurate thing, but it's one of those deals where not necessarily in the same volley, but being that not having to reload, um, when another flock comes uh-huh. in. A lot of times there's there's a whole bunch of shooting and the geese fly away and then there's one last goose that you don't really see where it comes from, but there it is. And you want to be the one with shells left in your gun when that one is cruising by. So yeah, there, there's plenty of reasons, but it is, it's hard. I've not done, like I said, we, we quit before extended magazines were allowed, but um, I did, I have tried to... Uh, I had an editor sent me out once. One time, I, I interviewed um, Tom Tom Knapp <clears throat> about hand thrown targets, and they said, "Fine, go ahead and see how many you can you can throw in the air <laughs> and shoot." Yeah, and I did a lot of that to try to get better. And uh, that's not you know it, it's hard making five, six, seven, eight good shots in a hurry is not easy to do. No, and and just you know kind of all along those lines too, in either snow goose hunting or Canada goose hunting. Um, do you have a specific load that you prefer? I know, and even sometimes you kind of step up to a 10 gauge. Um, I do. Can you kind of talk about that? I shoot a 10 gauge because they're cool. Uh, I shoot a 10 <laughs> gauge because, you know, they just are. It's fun. It's about, I, I would never turkey hunt with a 10 gauge. There's about two things you can do with a 10 gauge. One is hunt turkeys and one is hunt big geese. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to drag a tur- uh, 10 gauge around the woods, but I like owning one. In fact, I just mm-hmm. traded. I had a Browning pump, and I just uh, just traded that in a Gold Ten, which will be my new goose gun this fall. Uh, and the Browning pump's a neat gun, but you have to have really, really long arms to work those. And my arms aren't short, but <clears throat> I decided I wanted something else. Uh, I like a ten gauge. They, they pattern really well. They handle big shot really well. Which you know, at the ranges I shoot geese doesn't really matter, but it's a good excuse to own one. And um, if I want to shoot a heavy load, I would rather shoot it out of a 10 and a half, 11 pound gun than out of a seven pound gun. Because you really do feel the difference there. It's not, people are afraid of 10 gauge recoil, but they're pretty mild, especially if you go to a gas gun, then they're really mild compared to a, <clears throat> a lighter 12 gauge, three and a half inch gun, which uh, those can rock you pretty hard. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's why I'm a 10 gauge and I own 10 gauge because uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about shotguns in my line of work. And so I just kind of want to have one. <laughs> it's, Absolutely. That's so, a, that's a fantastic reason. Yeah, 
that's what I thought. So, um, so yeah, I have, I have, it's a gold tan. It's a, it's a, it's an older one from the nineties. It's, it's blued and walnut. I'm really excited about shooting it. Uh, and out of that, how long is the barrel? Uh, 26 inches, which is, 26, I, usually, okay. I, usually, I usually like longer barrels on my guns, but with, there is a lot of, with a 10 gauge, a, a 26 inch barrel is pretty good compromise between being long enough and being light enough to handle. And I'll probably shoot, you know, I'll shoot a, since I'm shooting mostly over decoys, I'll shoot a fairly open choke and you know, improved cylinder and probably triple Bs out of that gun, which yeah. honestly won't kill them any better than my 12 gauge with BBs at the range I want to shoot my geese, but it will make me happy. You're probably shooting those geese probably in that 10 to 15 yard range. Feet down, is that, is that your ideal shot? That's my ideal shot. It doesn't happen, but I like I like bringing geese home. I like eating geese. So it's not, uh, I'm not one of these ones that's going to pass up a goose if it's at 30. But yeah. even so, and and honestly, if you really want to shoot an effective load, you, instead of spending the money on a 10 gauge, you just you know, stock up on bismuth or stock up on uh, TSS if you can afford it and, and use that. And that's a uh, heavy shot. You know, those, those really do uh, pay their way and, in a goose hunting situation and uh you know you shoot say we're shooting three birds on a good day so it's not it's not a huge expense i don't go through a whole lot of shells in a season just because you know the limits aren't high and and if you do it right it's pretty hard to miss uh not impossible but you know if if you're getting your geese in close that Canada goose is a pretty big target. Now you say you're shooting BBs, or did you say triple B? Out triple of the B's out of the ten gauge, uh, and, and those okay. do tend to and they're pretty open and about improved cylinder choke because those tend to pattern pretty tightly out of that gun. So even so, it's yeah. it's almost too much. But I say it's just I like ten gauges. It's it's fun to have yeah. one, and, and uh, so it's uh, that's really you know there's there's no more rationale beyond that other than that. Say I have the Model Twelve that. I hunted with a little bit, and uh, and mostly I, the gun that I've made into my duck gun now is a Benelli Montefeltro, and that's that gun seems to like to shoot when it's cold, so that's that's the goose gun now too. Now you kind of mentioned you you kind of laid it in or led into um, the discussion of some of the higher end ammo and how that has potentially changed the game in several ways. I mean, I was hunting last year um, in Arkansas shooting a 20 gauge and but i'm shooting the tss 20 gauge mm-hmm. um, i think it was an x load and was uh-huh. hammering bags um, at pretty good distance and and i mm-hmm. wouldn't hesitate to sit up and pull the trigger on one at you know 40 and that's mm-hmm. that's pushing it for a 20 so how do you think that that just the advancements in some of the different non-toxic loads is really changing the game for for some of these big geese for big geese, it means you can shoot them. You, you can responsibly shoot them farther away. There's no question about that. I don't do it anymore. I just kind of got out of the. I used to enjoy it, and I don't. I'd, I'd rather watch, rather let them get close. You know, right now, I think every goose that I don't shoot far away means there's another chance I get to shoot one up close. And so, yep. a lot of times, I won't take that shot. Uh, I, I remember I've, I've been on hunts before where I've, I've shot a couple of birds and I thought, wait a minute, I'm almost done here and I haven't got one in the decoys yet. And so then I'll <laughs> then I'll get picky after that and, and sort of kick myself for having shot the others. But um, it really does. I can remember um, well, it was when the Remington, the Versamax first came out and uh, I took it pheasant hunting and I, I took all non-toxic shot and I carried a heavy shot goose load in my pocket because this is a farm that I also goose hunt on and 
And I knew I'd be out there in the afternoon when there might be geese coming over. And I remember a flock came over this, the windbreak in the farm and they were, I don't know, 60, 65 yards, way up there. And I dropped that heavy shot shell into the gun and absolutely stoned a goose at, at that range and, and expected to do it. it. It's it's really effective stuff. Uh, and and the other thing, as you point out, you can do it. It means that if you want to pay for it, you can shoot a 20 gauge. I mean, I think you can shoot, if you're decoying geese, I think you can shoot a 20 gauge anyway. Um, yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And head shoot your birds or, or shoot them up close with twos. But um, it does mean that you can extend your range quite a bit with a 20. If if, um, if you've got the means to shoot that stuff, that's great. Uh, and, you, and you can shoot a 20 gauge at them. Yeah, no. And I, like you mentioned, you know, if you, if you get them in range, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I grew up hunting Canada geese in Indiana and uh, we're, they were, we were pretty much overrun, still are today um, with the resident populations that are just have become out of control. And uh, man, I'd hot hunt with that pump Mossberg 20 gauge and everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you're still hunting with a 20 gauge for these big Canadas. Like it doesn't matter when they're at about eight yards, you know, I'd sit up and you're about eye to eye with those things. Um, you know, whether it's a 10, 12 or 20 at that point, it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it, in some of that new non-toxic stuff is, is it's certainly not encourage encouraging people to take longer shots, but it definitely gives you the opportunity to kind of step down. Maybe if you'd always shot a 10, you can go to a 12 or from a 12 to a 20 and really, you know, not even notice a difference as far as, you know, your ability to, to knock these birds out of the sky look at the head of a Canada goose. It's about the size of a morning dove. Uh, and I'm, I'm bad about this. I don't, I just, you know, one of the, one of the things I tried to work on last season was head shooting birds a little bit. Uh, cause I don't, I tend not to do it. I tend to just put the gun in front of them and pull the trigger and that works fine. But if, especially if you're using a smaller, smaller gauge or smaller shot or whatever, you can head shoot your birds. It's not hard to do. If you, if you can keep it together when you've got geese up close, which I can't always do. Uh, <laughs> they say it's 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 just like shoot. It's it's like there's a morning dove attached to that the end of a goose. That's that's your, the size of your target. So you can go ahead and and make that you know take that shot, and that will make any gun a lot more effective if you're hitting them hitting them in the head. Yeah, absolutely. And that's hard. Really hard part about hunting big Canada's is being able to judge that shot. As far as, you know, those birds look like they're going really slow, especially the closer they get. They almost seem to be standing still just because of the size of the bird, especially when they're kind of, they're coming in on you and you're in a layout mm-hmm. blind. You're seeing these these huge birds. Um, you know, how does that, how, how, how do you kind of tell people to reactively switch to, you know, uh, or not switch, but like slow down their, their thinking. And, and as far as shooting goes, just kind of the fundamentals of shooting, how, are, how do you, do you explain that to someone? It's exciting to have geese in close. Uh, and that's of course why we go, <laughs> but it makes, it makes the shooting harder sometimes, you know, it's, and the other thing about geese, you know, it's, it's also the opposite problem is that they look big at 40 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to let them come in until they look gigantic. Um, yeah, you know, I had, and it's funny you mentioned this one of the last fall and then this is, like I said, I mentioned, I, I love shooting geese over water and, um, I was out one day and had a bunch of five come over and I blew the call at them and I'm not a very good caller, but really all you have to do over water a lot of times is, is get their attention. 
And they did a button hook up high and they saw the decoys and they dropped down. They were standing on their wings and doing all the stuff that I, I just love to watch. And about 50 yards, they dropped down on the deck and came in the rest of the way, which seemed to take forever until they were <laughs> back pedaling right in front of the blind. And I sat up and I shot the first one and then absolutely whiffed with my second two shots. Uh, and I was, I realized that after they flew away, wondering how I could miss birds that big, which I still can apparently, uh, I was shooting in front of them. They were 15 yards away. And all I really needed to do was, was shoot it right at them. I mean, I'd have had my triple that, that I should have had. But, uh, you know, it's easy to do that. It's easy to overlead the birds. Um, shooting at longer range, you know, the, the trick I found back when I used to like to do that was um, I would come through the birds from behind rather than trying to, to start the gun in front. And I would make sure I moved about half as fast as I thought I should. Yeah. You know, because the, the farther away the target, the, the less muzzle movement it takes just because of the way the, the uh, geometry of it. You know, the little bit of movement at the muzzle translates at a lot of movement out there at 50, 60 yards. So to stay sort of connected to the target, you need to move the gun very, very slowly. And, uh, and then really I'd, no matter how far away they were, I would just bring the gun past their beak and pull the trigger. And that, uh, that was about lead enough, but, um, you have to, you have to really slow down and, and, uh, what you want to do is speed up because you think you need to be pulling the gun way out in front of the birds. But, uh, mm-hmm. you want to, you always want to match the speed of the target and, and the apparent speed of a Canada goose is really, really slow. And if you, you match that with the gun. It uh, works surprisingly well. Yeah, and most of that, that whole entire process really begins, and I know you, you typically hunt from layout blinds, it begins the moment you try and sit up out of that blind, mm-hmm. um, trying to get everything under control and the mount and everything. So it, it can be difficult. Um, it's a tough process, especially when there's a big flock of birds coming right in on you. It's uh, It becomes chaos. I had, it is. It's... Um, Really good. I had, I've not hunted out of pits much. I did a hunt on the front range a couple of years ago with my younger son. And um, the guide was great. And he said, when you hunt out of a pit, and this applies to layout, this applies to any kind of, and he, said, he said, stand up in a hurry, then take your time. That's what you want to do. You want to get up, then you can take, you know, because they don't, they don't know where you're coming from. They won't see you. You've got the advantage on them because <clears throat> they don't know you're there and you know they're there. But uh, you get up in a hurry and it's a target rich environment if they're all in close. And so then you've got time to actually make the shot right. But if you rush the whole thing or try to do both at once, it's not going to go very well. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a great tip um, just to make sure get up and, and get prepared quickly and then go ahead and set yourself. And, and that's when that's when you have to try and calm your nerves and, and exactly. slow everything down and go through your, your actual shooting process. So, no, that's great. And I think, uh, you know, I think all of these little, this little conversation on goose guns and goose loads is uh, certainly going to get some people fired up for um, early fall goose hunting and, and into, you know, the regular season when, when uh, goose migration really starts picking up and, and hopefully for you, when it's zero degrees outside, you'll, uh, you'll have a target rich environment there. I hope so. You know, we didn't, we didn't really get that cold last winter and our goose hunting was okay, but not great. It has to get, it has to get miserable, uh, which I say, I like that less and less for everything else. But uh, when it comes to goose hunting, I want it, I want it to be cold. 
Absolutely. Well, I hope. I, I think everyone out there hopes it's going to be really cold winter. But we've got some time to wait and see. Yes, we do. Phil, I appreciate you joining me today. This has been fantastic, and I think it's probably educational for all of our listeners out there. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. First of all, I'd like to thank my guest, Phil Bergeli, Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist, for joining me today. I'd like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for putting the DU podcast together and doing a great job. And I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU podcast and also supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks.